0: okay, hello, welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast. So because November is Mouth Cancer Action Month, um, a campaign that we run to raise awareness of mouth cancer, basically to help people spot the early signs and make sure that they are fully informed of the risks and the symptoms to look out for. Um, We do a mouth cancer report every year and we're just going to have a little bit of a chat about some of the things that were found in this report and... um, Yeah, basically, just unpack it a little bit. So, obviously, um, Karen's with me. How are you, Karen? I'm good, thank you.
1: Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A big month for us. Big month for um, the uh, the mouth cancer action month campaign. Um, It's always a a good one to try and raise awareness and hopefully help people because it's more and more in the news and. um, we just find so many people aren't aware of it, aren't aware to look what to look for, and um, you know we need to uh, raise awareness.
0: Absolutely, um, and obviously the cases unfortunately are rising. So we had a little bit of a look at years past um, with our mouth cancer report, and so in 2021 there were over 9,000 cases of mouth cancer. And compare that to 1995, there was only just over 3,000. So it's a huge jump in 26 years Mm -hmm. Just think three times the amount of cases are what we're seeing now. Yeah,
1: and trends are looking like it's going
0: to continue to Mm -hmm. increase
1: unless we do something about it. That increase is going to um, happen year on year, as we've seen in every year. And and we look at um, the statistics and... um, the rise is far more than any other cancer that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, it's now beating breast cancer and bowel cancer combined, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which is is quite a, a scary
0: number. Absolutely, yeah. and not only is it the numbers going up, but when these cases are found, they're often found when they're in their late stages. I mean, most of the cases are found when the cancer's already at stage four. Yes,
1: and I think that's partly because uh, people don't recognise the symptoms um, and they perhaps seek advice later on. Um, you know, it is more yeah. and more difficult to get in to see a dentist these days, um, but if you were seeing a dentist regularly, they will pick up on any changes in the mouth. They will ask you if you've noticed any changes. So that's the importance of having um, a regular relationship with your dentist. So many people think, well, oh, I don't need to go for a checkup because I've got nothing wrong. Your dentist is actually checking for changes in your mouth to see if there is any sign of um, anything suspicious, and then they would be referring you to have it checked in which case you would, um, if, if it was sort of the worst case scenario, you would be uh, picked up at a much earlier stage, which makes it far far less complex to deal with if it's caught early
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean going to the dentist is one of the key ways to spot the symptoms early because they are trained on how to look for it but obviously there's things that you can look for when you're at home um we're going to go over the signs and symptoms in much more detail in a later podcast but if really quickly the main ones what lumps and bumps
1: yeah Patches. Red or white patches, um, ulcers, anything really that hasn't healed in your mouth within three weeks. Mm-hmm. Just just go and get it checked out. If you haven't got a regular dentist or you can't get in to see the dentist because, you know... For whatever there is a, reason. For a whatever reason. Go to your GP, tell them what you are worried about. I would expect them, although they're not particularly trying to notice things in the mouth such as that... But um, GPs will know the, um, you know, the etiquette. Mm-hmm. You refer if there's a, something in somebody's mouth that hasn't healed within three weeks. You refer them. Yeah. You know, the specialists would rather have fifty people referred for, you know, an ulcer that hasn't healed that isn't a suspicious um, sign, at, just to catch the one person yeah it's much much better you know nobody's going to say oh well, let's just leave it a little bit longer and see what happens the referral will be done it will be normally a fast track re- referral if anybody's if any of your sort of dental or medical um, s- specialists or uh, professionals are worried they will refer you quickly
0: it's usually a two-week referral it's isn't normally it? a
1: two-week referral yes and you know, they, they might biopsy, do blood tests, um, maybe do some scans. It will vary on what they what they think they found. So, any of those plus a constant hoarseness of your voice, inability to stick your tongue out straight, and as you say, any lumps or bumps. But we will include the neck in that as well. Absolutely. I know. Although we're talking sort of mouth cancer, we are talking about anywhere sort of really from your shoulders up you know, head and neck cancers mm-hmm. are part of the the, the mouth. Although we, we're sort of concentrate mainly on sort of the oral cavity, um, they're all part of the same mm-hmm. family.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um so a lot of the people that we tend to get that come forward as ambassadors are tongue cancer patients um especially the people we've spoke to this year um i think the majority of them were tongue cancer um but actually when we look at the data tonsil cancer is jumps leaps and bounds ahead of all of the others in terms of diagnosis and um that's quite interesting to me because I've not actually spoke to anybody with tonsil cancer before it's always been either tongue jaw lip um yes and I think that it's it's possible
1: possibly because the people with tonsil cancer will refer refer to it as head and neck cancer Mm. rather than mouth cancer so they may if they've been told it's head head and neck cancer and we talk about mouth cancer they may not think that You know, the tonsil's part of the mouth. They think of it in the neck. Um, I think it's a fine line between, isn't there? But um, if they don't think that it's the kind of cancer that we are dealing with, so to speak, they may not come forward for that reason. But certainly, it is the most common. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And that could be, um, you know, when we... There are very smart people that can pinpoint what has actually caused a cancer and um, when cancers are HPV related they tend to be more in the back of the mouth and in the tonsil so this just to me it makes a lot of sense seeing the data because we know that HPV is on the up it is causing much more um, mouth cancer diagnoses diagnoses or diagnoses 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 um, diagnoses. So yeah, it's causing a lot of more. Uh, for, I'm for now. It just sounds weird. A lot more cases, um, HPV related. So to see the increase in uh, cancer in the tonsils makes a little bit of sense. It does to make me. sense.
1: It does make sense. Yes, the HPV virus um, tends to be uh, tonsils or the back of the tongue. Mm-hmm. That tends to be where where you get it. And HPV is the Rising culprit um, Mm -hmm. of mouth cancer it's not overtaken smoking and drinking yet but it's not far off and it's growing at a faster rate than um, smoking and drinking so I think people might have the awareness of smoking and drinking, we know that smoking's not good for us we know that it causes all sorts of diseases many people don't know that it causes mouth cancer but you know smoking is um going down, uh, thankfully, and obviously with some new proposed uh, government changes and legislation, um, the aim is to um, have 5% of the, the population smoking by 2030. Um, so that's the aim, is to cut it to that. So that is, is quite a big ask, but as that happens, we would like to see... A drop in the in the um, smoking caused, mm-hmm. the tobacco caused um, uh, mouth cancers, and alcohol again is one of those. I think, um, I mean, I, I don't know. People just seem to be less less dependent on alcohol, or I don't know whether it's still as socially. I'm not sure whether there's been a drop I don't know any figures on um, the consumption of alcohol
0: Neither do I But I mean there was less binge partying Drinking and stuff through COVID Exactly yeah I um, wonder if that
1: will show in the figures We don't know yet because obviously it's, it's not far enough past um feels like yesterday, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know it, it's uh, we might find a difference, but also we might find a rise because people couldn't get in to see their dentists, mm-hmm. so I think it's going to be swings and roundabouts. I think what we 're going to gain with one hand we're probably going to lose by the other yep. um but yes it's um it, it's changing slightly because we we look at um certain age groups and, and men over forty who smoke and drink, people used to say, like right, that I'm not in that category, so I can't possibly have it. Mm-hmm. But although many cases are still over sixties, yeah. we are finding a really big cohort of much younger people.
0: Yeah. Now. Yeah.
1: And many of our ambassadors are not in the demographic that we would ever put them
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a in a risk group. And you know, as young as 23, 24. It's it's
0: shocking. Yeah, And I mean, um, Charlotte and Laura, who shared their stories on the podcast last year, were both very young when they got diagnosed. Uh, Joe, who is a new ambassador, you'll hear his story later on through the month. He was 26, had zero risk factors. Um, You know, when you see the way that this condition affects people, it it just makes you want to shake people and just say, you know, you might not be an over-60s male who smokes a pipe every day, but you're not immune from this. No, No.
1: and I think, as I say, it was always classed as an older man's condition. And we're finding, you know, that that isn't the case anymore. And when you see, and, and obviously our ambassadors talk far better about this than, than we can, because we can only look at reports and statistics and numbers, whereas they have such personal stories about, you know, what has happened, mm-hmm. how they were diagnosed, um, the treatment, the recovery, um, and, and the effects that it's had personally on them. And, you know, I've always said, it's one of the only cancers that people can see that you've had by looking at you. Yeah. Um Head and neck cancer, mouth cancer, they all, any kind of surgery is potentially mm-hmm. going to be either visible, audible, or it's going to affect the way that somebody eats. So mm-hmm. you're always going to be able to notice that there's something, you may not be able to go, oh, well, that person's had mouth yeah. cancer, but there is going to be something different to how they were before. And, you know, whilst other cancers are, very serious and if you have something removed that's inside or under your clothes nobody's going to know unless you tell them um so it is a, a particularly um difficult cancer for the person um that's had it and the family and obviously we we are now looking at um a lot of ptsd yes from Uh, not only the diagnosis and treatment but what happens afterwards as Mm -hmm. well so it's something that again we need to sort of almost add that as a a risk if you like so you know we know that mouth cancer has physical effects but it has emotional effects as well and it's long it it sort of spreads out across your friends and family um, which makes it very difficult and you know difficult to deal
0: with yeah a hundred percent and um you know we're going to get a little bit more into all of that later on in the month um and so we're gonna leave that here for now if you want to read more about the state of mouth cancer report all the statistics and uh, cases and information will be available on our website um or get in touch if there's something in particular you want to know i'm sure we'll be able to tell you um or at least point you to where It is that data exists. Um, Have a look out on social media, as always, for more info about the campaign, MouthCancerOrg on Twitter and Facebook. Um, We'll just stick to Instagram at Oral Health Foundation. We've only got the one. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So, yeah, please keep coming back through the month because we're going to have lots of interesting discussions with professionals and patients to really give you a more rounded view of um what mouth cancer oh, the impact mouth cancer has um and it will be some very interesting conversations so me and karen will see you in a few days uh where we're going to talk a little bit more about the risks <laughs>